Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. What's up, guys? I'm Lily, and as you heard there, I have Chase. Yay! <laughs> this is episode 11, I believe. I think it's 11, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I We have so many, like I said, it's hard to keep track. Yeah, last <laughs> one we, we was the first episode of the new year, and now we're, you know... It's only a few days, but I'm going to say well into the new year. Yeah. Because uh, I'm pretty happy with that. It definitely is. Uh, things seem to be going okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say I don't feel any different than I did yeah, I a month like, ago. I don't know if things are better, but anyway. Um, I, I mean, s- we're still we're still drinking and recording podcasts, and it's a little... Ooh, the sun is rising a little earlier and setting that's what i was gonna say now things are gonna get a little brighter physically for us so that's nice because the shortest day of the year was a couple weeks back yeah exactly so we're hopefully seeing brighter futures because the sun is up more not because (laughs) Uh, but it also is gonna bring wind so allergies what what Uh, uh, jokes on you mine are year round (laughs) (laughs) i have seasonal allergy affective disorder i have year round it like real round year round body attacking yeah like bullshit uh so yeah like what we're doing here is the goodest part of our lives goodest goodest. that's what i'm gonna say now said it (laughs) can't take it back i can't take it back it's just like a word that it's now in my terminology sorry so this is your first episode we are a horror podcast where we drink and stuff yes (laughs) (laughs) definitely and stuff and despite what you think we have not started drinking for the most part yet no we have not we have poured ourselves a beer it is from lacumbre shocker i know because you know there are their go-tos we are <laughs> drinking an imperial stout the la negra reserve limited release the oldest age beer they've ever done at yeah. 18 months and we haven't even tried it yet we're waiting we're waiting yeah we were gonna drink it i thought for christmas and then i think we forgot because we were drinking other stuff and now we're here well i hid it in the fridge so we didn't accidentally drink it or open it and then accidentally that yes <laughs> when we're drunk and trying to find something else <laughs> and it's and it seems like a good idea we're like woo, and it's totally not a good idea <laughs> we're out of gin what should we drink look at this expensive rare <laughs> beer that you're not gonna remember drinking and then we're just like live life <laughs> and yolo the next morning we're like oh god why yeah and the only thing we remember about the beer is the hangover that is hitting our brain at that moment yeah because it was the thing that took us over like that tipped where we were already on top yeah so uh yeah we're here to drink and tell scary stories and we hope you join us in the drinking and the listening and so i think it's time for us to cheers and try this beer yeah let's all cheers god that's incredible holy cow that is delicious thick Kind of like Me. molasses, depth of flavor, com- complex. Oh. Hey, you I guys just, are missing out. I just like saying. it. Yeah. Just missing out. If you're listening to this at home, be sure to open your fancy drink and join us because this is this is the time for fancy beer drinking. And it's okay if that's a PBR. We still love you. Oh my gosh. Because I love PBRs PBR. are awesome. I don't care. But they ain't my fancy drink. They're not your fancy. Exactly. They're my daily. <laughs> and all right, Lily. Scare me. Scare me today. All right. I think, okay, yes, I might scare you just because this is a story that I had heard before in TV shows and like just in general. You know what I mean? Okay. But I didn't know as much as I thought I did. In fact, I knew very little. Will I be familiar with it? 
I don't know. Maybe. It's a very popular story. You've seen a lot more TV than me, so your your familiarity is probably a lot broader and stronger than mine. Yeah, I I do tend to watch a lot of haunted this and paranormal exactly. that. And like Any show that has ghost in the title and usually ends with like adventures or hunters investigations or investigators or, or rectory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. Uh, all right. So the story for today is The Bell Witch. The Bell Witch? Yes. So this is actually a story that was recommended, is the one I was talking about. Who recommended it? So it was actually Sean who oh, said, sweet. hey, do you know about the Bell Witch? That would be a really cool story. So, yeah. Shout out to Sean in New York. What, what? We miss you, buddy. Love, Love you. you. Yeah. So this is for you, Sean. <laughs> so the story starts with the Bell family. And like, I thought, okay, so I thought it was a place or like a, I don't know, a weird name to give a witch. Sure. But apparently it was like a family. So here we go. The Bell family consists of John Bell and Lucy Bell, who are married. And I got from one of the sources that he was 32 and she was 12. So off on a good start. Originally, they lived... That's li- really, really gross. <laughs> yeah, so... I know, it's like... This the... This has to be old-timey. Early 1800s. You know, it still doesn't make it okay in my mind. 12 is 12. 12 is, has always been 12. Tw- they might be... Like, there's the argument of, like, people had to, like, mature faster. Yeah, mentally... But they still had 12-year-old bodies. It's disgusting. It's a little creepy. It's a lot of creepy. All right, so tell me about this nasty relationship. Okay, here we go. So they originally lived in North Carolina where they had a farm and were very successful. Uh, And then eventually the family moved to Tennessee where they continued to grow their family and had six children. Hmm. John Jr., Jesse, Drury, Benjamin, Richard, and Betsy. So if she had them back-to-back... She would have had all of her kids by the time she turned 18 and was allowed to move out and have a car and everything. Yeah, she totally, like, pulled a carry and moved to New York and tried to find love. Um, (laughs) So, no. But I guess she did have a few other children that ended up dying. Uh, As was typical of the time. Right. So I I, I, I didn't get a lot of information. It's a very sad reality, but yeah. Unfortunately. So the story begins, like uh, like I said, early early 1800s. In 1817, when Bell John's said that he encountered a strange creature on his property that resembled a dog. Okay. So naturally, he decides to shoot it. <laughs> but as soon as... Wait, where is this? Is this <laughs> It's on his property. No, so now they're... Um, oh, shit, didn't I? I didn't say did I? Oh, yeah, yeah. I said that they moved to Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's Adams, Tennessee. Wow, I did not write that down. This is like <laughs> basic facts. So here we go. If uh, this is another like dog snuff story, I'm I'm out. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is not. Trust okay. me. Okay. Uh, this is the only dog that we see. I think. Anyway, uh, yeah. So he shoots at it. Dog. He's okay. like a way beast. And then, <laughs> as soon as he shoots it, it disappears. Oh. Yeah. So this dog's like not today. Other pre-witch incidents so like before it's established that we have like a witch in our hands so there's no known idea of a witch so just like weird stuff right okay so drury bell one of the kids uh saw a weird looking bird with like an extraordinary size perched on the fence and then flew away so right now we're seeing a lot of weird animals yeah i mean this is cool i've never heard of anything like this yeah it's pretty awesome i think you kind of have i'll see oh You'll know why. Well, I mean, skinwalkers, but that's a completely different animal. We'll see. Betsy saw a little girl in a green dress swinging from a tree, then disappear. 
one of the slaves by the name of Dean, so obviously the family was slave owners, said on the evening on the evenings that he was allowed to visit his wife, a large black dog would follow him the entire way. Like so like a creature would follow him is as he described it. So I guess this is dog number 2, but could be the same could one. Could be the same dog. Yeah, who knows. But it's just like a really eerie things that were happening mm. that they got from multiple people. I don't know what and you have a time frame. Is this all happening within a couple days or is this over like months or years? You're not sure. I'm guessing this is like pretty uh on top of when they had been on the property for a while. Okay. Like not not like a long while, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like it it took a long time for things to ha- to occur. Okay. Yeah. So there actually yeah, so there's actually a lot of documentation that describes these events or like have recorded. Okay. And this is like a lot of the chunk of information where I got got it from. Okay. So um, this one I got from a source where it says that there was a letter, supposedly the first documentation of a haunting that was dated June 6, 1819. It was found in a Bible or mm. something now. So it's very like, is it? I assume you mean like folded up inside. Right. I think it was like a Bible that was inherited by a descendant or something sure. like that. So it's assumed it's act, it's real, but okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Anyway, in it, there's a quote that said, there was no angel. It was a demon in the house. Folks sat in the room reading the Bible to wait on the witch ghost. Mm. End quote. Yeah, so in 1894, this was many, many, many many years after the entire incident, M.V. Ingram recorded the information. So he finally wrote it down. Um, On the Bell Witch, as he described it in his book that is called Authenticated History of the Bell Witch, which also includes illustrations. Now, it contains, a, like I said, a ton of information and even interviews of the Bell family. So, like I said, it includes illustrations as well that demonstrates the strange animals that I was talking about. And, the, and like, apparently these animals recurringly appeared just before the Bell Witch would come. So now it was just, like, a signal almost. Like, maybe she was a shapeshifter. Mm. You know what I mean? Or she was creating these weird demonic creatures so might have hit the nail on the head with the whole skin locker. see here we go yeah i've got a whole depth of of culture and ritual behind it not it's not witch stuff oh right exactly so it's not even but it's the same idea like witch. embodying yourself in an animal right so that part only yeah cool yeah so actually uh, just like a few of the things that you i saw the pictures of was a horse with a human face Ooh. and a dog with a rabbit's head but, an, man, a horse's head with a human face, like, are we talking like we have a whole horse's head and then the human face is like this tiny little human-sized face I think that's what they mean, it? not like a centaur or something. Do you think it would be like right at the front where his lips are or you think it's way up high near his eyes are? Because I'm seeing a like, lot of bizarre... I think if, you, if somebody described cut out a human face, I think we all know what that means. I think that's what was described. So instead of a, of like a horse protruding face oh, it's okay. like a human face right wow, that sounds even worse than i was picturing it <laughs> yeah. i was okay with like a horse having like a human mask right over his nose but now i'm just no. seeing like this like <laughs> it's not a mask wow this is actually really disturbing sounding yeah all right all right keep rolling so soon after these perverse creatures like i said the the witch would appear but not often physically she would begin knocking at the door and of course no one was there when it was answered 
The noises often escalated into the family's home, and the witch would physically attack some of them, particularly John and their daughter, Betsy. Now, Ingram believes that the entity's name is Kate, as he describes in his book. Mm. Yeah, because I guess uh, it's in reference to Kate Bat, who was a Bell's neighbor at the time. Kate Bat? Bats. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was discovered as such because the entity itself proclaimed her name was Kate. Mm. So some of the things that they heard. So obviously the bell was also communicating with them and talking. And I'll get into that as well. Later they would call out. Oh, so another way that they found out that it probably might be Kate is that every time they would call out to it, it would respond positively either because it liked it so or just react- because it's some it was reactive it, right yeah. um then try calling it like paul and it was like who the fuck is paul i don't respond that's not my name <laughs> that's not my name <laughs> <laughs> now kate absolutely hated john like i said and the younger do- the youngest daughter betsy in fact there's a story written in a diary of the youngest son richard bell who said one night <laughs> when they heard the knocking. All these things were happening in the door again. And and then obviously the knocking spread through the walls as it was common to do. The entity rushed into Betsy's bedroom, began attacking her by pulling her hair and slapping her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're back to the we're slapping. We're back to slapping. All right, ghosts out there. I just want you to know, all you ghosts that slap, you the MVPs. This You're, is some serious stuff. We're apparently fans of the slapping. Because I just think it's so, like, why the slap? And no one, no one misinterprets a slap. You can't say, like, I think I got slapped. I don't, no one's ever said that. <laughs> it's never happened in history. You know when you're slapped. I know. Slapping is deliberate. It's painful. It's loud. It's insulting. It's demeaning. I've been slapped. I have slapped people. Slapping, slapping's like one of the worst things. Like, it may not hurt as much as like a hardcore, like, punch, but it's got so many other things that come with it that a punch doesn't have. So slapping ghosts, you guys are fucking <laughs> hardcore. Oh, I'm so happy to uh, be back with the slapping ghosts. I know. What if they when I read this, I was like, oh yeah, what's up? Do you think they have like a meetup group in the spiritual world? And it's like, ghosts who slap. Okay, so what's trending? Are we slapping? Are we not slapping? <laughs> do you do like open face, close face, backhand, front hand? <laughs> Is it only women? Is it only men? Are they young? Are they old? I need to know who your victims are. Let's Here's the thing. I actually, because I remembered that the other person that was being slapped was also the youngest daughter. Uh-huh. Ethel. It's almost like there's this in hate the, for virility and yeah, fertility in, in the, youth. Ethel Borley. Or, yeah, I guess that was her name. Um, aside from just slapping, unfortunately for Betsy, it did actually get worse. The attacks were became more violent when she became engaged to a local guy named Joshua Gardner. I'm not really sure why. Yeah, no, it's like, that doesn't even make sense. If she just hated her because she was like a girl, but then if she's like engaged, like, oh, she's done. She's over the hill. Yeah, but like, who, but the other people weren't engaged, I don't think. And maybe they were, but. You know, it might be like trying to understand what goes through the minds of like psychopaths and serial killers. Maybe we just don't think like slapping ghosts Well, maybe like, maybe because like, if there was some sort of hate towards her and then she got engaged, it might feel like he's losing the power over her. Mm. I don't know. 
That was my only reasoning. Or maybe the the ghost demon witch had a crush on this guy. Maybe he was a real honka honka. Then haunt him. He's a man slice. Well, you don't haunt someone you like. You just yeah. If you're in the you schoolyard, yeah, who just, do you pick on? I was like, you just watch him while they sleep and bathe and all that creepy stuff. Gross. What's going on? Um, so aside from having, like I said, her hair pulled and slapped, she would also experience being pinched. And invisible pins poking her body, mm. which totally reminded me of a voodoo doll. Or having, like, limbs falling asleep. Or, like, shingles. Or shingles. Maybe she had shingles. <laughs> yes, at the young age of 10. I'm just kidding. Um, I yeah. Remember, they had to age quickly back then. Yeah, you <laughs> get, get shingles, shingles early. Quick. Yeah. Um, within Ingram's writings, there was another incident that recorded that was recorded that involved William Porter... John's son-in-law, where he managed... Okay, so this one was extreme. This was just like a a section that I read, and I didn't know where it came from, and I don't know how like how it started or anything, um, where he managed to wrap the witch in a blanket. So this is one of the times that she actually manifested okay. with the intent of throwing her into the fireplace. There's actually an illustration in the book that shows this depiction. However... As he walked towards the fire with each step, the witch became heavier and heavier Mm. until he was unable to carry her. He dropped her to the floor and ran out of the house. Can't handle the thick. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She too thick. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He's only about them bony bitches. Back in the day, might have been. I don't know. So... Aside from that one, like, that was just, like, a really interesting thing to think about, but it was an no, occur- totally. something that happened, I guess, that was recorded, I should say. In this I book. like it, though. I like it, too. Other incidents that the family encountered, the father began experiencing mouth paralysis, bed sheets being pulled off in the middle of the night. Ooh, conjuring vibes. Yeah. Hearing dogs fighting in close proximity, but never actually seeing anything. That's a weird one. That is a weird one. But I think it's like it's just like this anxiety. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, because I can imagine dogs fighting is an unpleasant noise. Right, right. That's a weird uh, one. That's a weird one. This one, okay. Sounds of gnawing on the bed. Oh, what fuck no. Fuck? <laughs> okay, that's a new one. And I never realized how disgusting that would sound. Honestly, that's a new one for me, too. <laughs> I don't, I... I was a little, like, taken aback. I mean, I assume this is, like, a horrible, gross gnawing. It's not like a chipmunk doing the... I mean, (laughs) is this witch teething? What is happening? So, I I have no idea. The chains being dragged on the floor was also another occurrence. Ooh, that's a Christmas Carol kind of stuff. That's cool. That was creepy in that. Yeah, it was. It was a really cool effect. And also, in this house, apparently, would have been very terrifying. Now, a family friend was contacted by the name of James Johnston, who tried helping the family as well like he came over and everyone so the day he came over it seemed like everything was fine it wasn't until everyone went to bed james was awoken and experienced a lot of the same paranormal activity that the family had described previously oh but he was all lonesome huh well like yeah i guess he was i don't know how big this house was it was pretty big from my side everyone like slept in just I mean, yeah. I mean, either they were rich and they had individual rooms or they were like most people and it was like eight people. Shared rooms and stuff. Well, when I saw it, it was like a pretty big cabin that they had. So anyway. But people still could sleep through almost anything because people, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, like, I don't think he was isolated and he was the only one who heard it. I think he was just like now experiencing it as well. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And. So uh, the whole loneliness thing. I was trying to think of the scariest scenario. Yeah. So he was like totally freaked out. And in the morning, he 
since he was there to help, the only thing that he could produce was that he believed it was, and I quote, spirit, just like in the Bible. I guess that was his like two cents on that. But the idea is that he is now involved as well. So, of course, when you involve somebody else outside, after the incident, the word spread throughout the region and oh, everyone yeah. knew about it. Like across, like miles across at the time, of course. Loose now lips, now everyone man. knows about it. Loose lips. Yeah, he's a, he's a gossip queen, I guess. Um, so obviously, once people hear about it, they're like, this must be an attraction. We got to check this out. Yeah. And <laughs> people traveled long distances to see the witch and to be like on the property and like see if they can like see anything or whatever. Damn, people be cray. <laughs> Just sitting there's like, oh man, like th- this was back in the 1800s where, you know, this is before we had, you know, a lot of the modern ideas of spectacle and whatnot. So back then, a lot of these people had to. 100- so. I mean, spectacles. No, no, you know. I know there was always like uh, uh, circuses and whatnot, but what I mean is. In a world where they're not used to seeing special effects or fake, obviously fake miracles, when they saw something crazy, they either believed that it was magic or or many people would have believed this was an actual religious experience. But see, experience. I just don't think, I don't think the type of people that went there were believing it maybe oh, okay. or just thinking like maybe it's something. Because I can't imagine what kind of stories manifested and like the type of rumors that were spread. Okay. Just between two people, there's miscommunication. Just imagine across, like, villages and stuff. So I'm guessing, like, you would just have to hit someone like me and be like, I want to see. You would on. go, too. Especially, I, like, 1800 <laughs> Lily's just like, oh, I'm going to check this shit out. Me I'm be. strong. I'm not susceptible. This is cool. Yeah, I would be very concerned of myself being there in the 1800s just because of my skin color. But I would totally travel and, like try to find out these uh these crazy things i would be a traveler for sure because i drag you to like ghost tours all the time reluctantly sometimes but definitely drag you well knowing me 1800s me would have probably died of polio at three (laughs) and if i made it through that i would have been like limping and still died in a war at like 12 i would just like drag you literally um so yeah like i just i i you know humans have been humans since like we've been human and <laughs> most I, obvious statement like, but you know what I'm saying like humans nothing, have been human since we've been human but you're describing like unless there's special effects or like we have this idea of anything True. that's not that's, that's not in our nature that's fair that, that's fair like our nature did not create we became who we are because in nature we're very curious and like just want to see everything I guess I was just saying nowadays we're more skeptical 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 so I was thinking that that would mean we're more willing to expose those to something that we would easily disbelieve. Whereas back then, I think if something crazy happened, but I don't they know. might be more inclined to actually believe something horrible was uh, happening. Maybe. But you know, you're right. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not putting myself in the shoes of someone at that time correctly, and I'm uh, overwhelmed with the bias I mean, maybe of today. not the amount of people, perhaps, but mm-hmm. also this also requires like a certain means to be able to travel and sure. stuff like that. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Anyway. So, like I said... Uh, people traveling, which of course led to a lot more witnesses and stories. Oh, so more people saw it. It didn't like stop. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is exciting. So some of the accounts um, that people had experienced when asked, who are you and what do you want? It would respond, I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but have been disturbed. Okay, this was a cool one. There was an incident where the spirit repeated a sermon that was heard by people 13 miles apart. 
Not that it was so loud that people heard it within that radius, but people heard it at the same time as a personal experience. So that's really weird. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so it's like saying, it projected itself. All so you're saying the ghost was at like two different places at once? Yeah, but like it was a lot of people who heard mm-hmm. this. And it was kind of like, I guess, gathered information oh, and being like, yeah. Oh, skeptical Chase is coming out. That's like, that That story's really dumb. But why would multiple people who weren't really, you know, in on it? 13 miles apart? I don't know, maybe. But eh, I'm going to, I'm going to chalk this one up to the terrible reporting and witness investigation of the time. But for all you know, the reporter got this information while the two people were hanging out in the well, room. Well, I think these are just like accounts from people. Yeah, so it wasn't I, like, don't, I don't, I don't buy that one yeah. for a second. <laughs> Not that one. Yeah, that one's gone. Other <laughs> ones are interesting. That one, that one can go in the poo poo pile. I thought it was cool, but I guess not. Sometimes the spirits would claim that it emerged when an ancient Native American burial ground was disturbed. You're telling me they were talking about ancient Indian burial grounds <laughs> in the 1800s? Well, too? I'm saying like now it's ancient. But I thought I guess that was time. a recent cop out trope for. Right. Oh man. Well, here we go. It's been going around forever. <laughs> there is so there is a recording of the incident. I think uh, within the book that I had mentioned, Ingram's book, where. The person to disturb the burial ground was, in fact, John Bell's son, Drury, and his friend, Corbin Hall. However, another source Corbin? said... Corbin? Corbin. Damn, you don't hear that name very much. Like in the fifth element. Yeah, exactly. That's like the only time <laughs> I've heard that name. All right, keep going. That was, uh, I was just not expecting Yeah, that. so another source actually did say that the person's name that was with Drury was Bennett Porter. I have no idea like what the difference or significance of that was, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Um, anyway... According to the records, the boys were digging around trying to find treasure, as young kids do, I guess, when they're playing, when they discovered a skull, which, of course, I guess, decided to take it back to Jury's house. At some point when they were inside the home, the tooth of the skull popped off and landed between the cracks of the floor. Mm. Yeah, so aligned with the theory, people believe that the caves themselves, so there's like the Bell Witch Cave that okay. people describe. Sorry, I should have mentioned that before. But anyway, so like that comes kind of incongruent, like kind of together without when this story was taking place. Sure. But at the time of the story that I'm telling you now, it's very specific to the Bell House. Okay. Yeah. So I guess now you've discovered that there's a Bell Witch Cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they found the skull in a mound kind of like a burial ground like i said obviously they were digging stuff up yeah but right below that is the cave so they discovered the cave below a mound well they didn't discover it because they were digging up the skull but eventually but there was a cave underneath okay okay. that a lot of people believed is so now they believe it's sacred so they kind of put two and two together and said maybe this was like a sacred burial ground okay and that the cave had some sort of significance as well this is just theories throwing I see out there. That. Like, I get it. Yeah, and because of this, just because of like the history or whatever, and what the cave might have been significant, they believe that it could have been a gateway to an afterlife. So now you have like a portal going on here. And this is a pretty extreme story. Like this is it, like, like took a, little a real hard turn. Obviously, you got a bunch of people and portals and caves and afterlives and. There's a lot going on. So. Moving forward, John Johnson, the son of James, who was the first family member, mm-hmm. or like the, oh, yeah, sorry, the family friend, yes, uh, that stayed with them, 
Any experience tonight, yeah. Uh, wanted to investigate as well by asking a question that only his family would know. He asked, what did his Dutch step-grandmother, who lived in North Carolina, say to the slaves if she thought they did something wrong? The witch replied with his grandmother's accent, hut tut, what has happened now? That was a quote. There was, so I guess he got freaked out because he had not told anyone that and his family was just kind of, it was just kind of something like they knew because their grandmother or step-grandmother did, but whatever. So, so I'm, I'm admittedly just trying to imagine a Dutch North Carolina accent. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was another incident with another investigator that stopped by the Bell's house. It was an Englishman. I didn't get his name. That went to visit the family, of course, who would ask the witch questions. The witch didn't respond until he mentioned at some point that his parents were overseas. That's when, the, that's when she began to perfectly mimic his parents' voices. Despite this, the Englishman stayed only to be awoken by the voices of his parents in the early morning. Mm. So he ended up staying the night anyway, and then like totally freaked out. And yeah. he like left quickly after that. Later... The Bell family received a letter from the Englishman apologizing of his skepticism. He, I guess he was kind of like perhaps a jerk. Oh, so he's like, this shit was crazy. Yeah. And that his family reported that they had been visited by the Bell Witch as well. The family that wasn't even there. The family who was like in England. So I guess like at some point he heard from his family what happened and he like put two and two together. Oh, okay. Right. It's had to have been one hell of a correspondence. I mean, back then, I mean, a letter was going to take months, so. Well, yeah. Like, that's why I said later, like not, he didn't just ring him up and be <laughs> like, like, yo. Hey, you remember back 20 years ago? I just heard back from my family. <laughs> Apparently 20 years ago, they had some witch shit too. Yeah. It could have been just even brought up and be like, oh, this crazy thing happened like two moons ago. I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> you think they like didn't know how to tell time, and they did? They did not. <laughs> Many moons ago, they had calendars. Believe it or not. <laughs> no, no, this is the early 1800s. This is way too old. <laughs> they didn't have licorice. They didn't have television, and they didn't have calendars. So for me, they might as well be cavemen. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Um. <laughs> So, despite all the horrible things that the witch would do, she would also display some form of kindness towards a few family members. Were they young girls? No, they I'm were not. They were not. <laughs> uh, the one that she apparently really favored was Lucy Bell, the wife. Uh, the witch would describe her as the most perfect woman to walk the earth. Mm, I'm starting to have some ideas. All right, keep going. Ooh, okay. Uh, it would also sing to her and even bring her fresh fruit. Sweet. Yeah. So this witch kind of did it all. I guess to just recap, the witch would sometimes manifest itself, obviously. Otherwise, how else are you going to be thrown in a fire? Sometimes it would just uh, like do physical things. But a lot of times it was talking. Like it was responsive as hell. The witch also seemed to like John Bell Jr., just one of the sons. But... Didn't really get, I didn't get a lot of information as to like what she would say or whatever. Sure, I guess sure. maybe she just left him alone and that was enough. I, I don't still, know. I'm still having trouble wrapping my brain around how super active and talkative this ghost is. Yeah. You think I'd heard about this. This is where I'm having a hard time chewing all this, you know? It's seeming a bit sensationalized by 
maybe media the time. But okay, okay, but keep going. Yeah. Tell me more about The Witch. Okay, so, well, aside from having your favorites, and like I said earlier, uh, that she absolutely despised Betsy and also John Sr. Yeah. She also, just going back to that, the witch often mentioned how much she hated him. So she actually, like, straight up said it all the time. Uh, the witch would also refer to him as Old Jack. Not really sure why. There was a lot of death threats and physical abuse. So very similar to, like, what Betsy was experiencing, I guess. And Maybe like some it, slaps. But I mean, like, also, like, aside from the slaps, probably... He, like I said, he had the mouth paralysis, and he was kind of getting, like, bedridden. Like, he was slowly deteriorating. He was sick. Yeah, so we don't really know what might have been causing that. They didn't really specify. Okay. There's, like, theories, perhaps. Like, But who knows? Um, anyway, he was deteriorating, and which led to his death on December 20th, 1820. So that's three years after they had first encountered. Yeah, all this had begun. Right. The circumstances, are, I, th- I think, are very strange, Of his death. Mysterious. Right. Okay. So he died in his bed, and near his body, there was a vial full of black liquid that no one had seen before. Sweet. Right. So while the family was mourning, like, just discovering that their father, husband, whatever, had died, they heard the bell witch's voice through the walls, singing old drinking songs, and said the following thing, quote... I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. End quote. This is this is like the reports of the family. Oh I've man, seen. that's a super creepy. He he was fixed. Oh, that's messed up. That's really gross. Yeah. In eighteen twenty one, the witch announced that it was leaving, but would return in seven years, which it did. Oh, it's punctual. Yeah, eighteen twenty eight, the witch returned and. The poltergeist activity started again. However, the family that was still in the house, which I guess was Lucy, Richard, and Joel. Joel. Did I write that right? (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck is Joel? Who the fuck is Joel? (laughs) He's a new guy. Oh, Lord. I think I meant... He's a new character that came in season two. Oh, man. (laughs) I have no idea who Joel is, and I just wrote that down. So, (laughs) confirmed, it, it was Lucy and Richard. Anyway... And possibly a dude named Joel. And possibly Joel. I don't know. Maybe Joel joined them for a little <laughs> bit. So, But the family decided to ignore it. All these occurrences, they were like, no. Sure. We're just not going to acknowledge it. And it stopped. Oh, yeah. silent treatment. Ooh, yeah. That's a mom That's a mom caliber ghost. So <laughs> what you got to do now. It's like, just just ignore it. It's going to go gonna away. It's going to go away. Wow, mom, you're right. Thanks. Moms always know. <laughs> so... That is kind of the end of the Bell family information that I'm going to be providing. Okay. I'm going to go into a lot of other random facts that I picked up. Now, with that said, I do want to also say there was so much information after this, like people's experiences, like how it affected the area, like how people perceive the witch and all these things. And sure. There was so much information. I'm going to go ahead and do a part two. This episode or? No, no, no. Like for another episode. Really? Yeah. Bell Witch 2. Like... The aftermath. Can I ask some questions? Not yet. Just kidding. No, go ahead. All right. So first, I'm going to say some of these things 
kind of suggests to me that maybe it was the mom the whole time. The mom? Yeah, maybe she was like, she's doing some like... She's just like straight up going to costume mode and like then... Like bitter witchcraft stuff in the background. Oh, so you think it's still witchcraft? No, if we're buying it's witchcraft, maybe it was the mom. She's kind of pissed off because she like hated her youngest daughter, but like she I... loved her son. Maybe she hated her husband a little bit. I like it. You have no other explanation. You're skeptical and you're like, but maybe she's the witch. No, so no, no, like no, you're no. Just... This isn't a skeptical thing. I was just... Someone okay, is just okay. sounding like the mom. Other question I have, I'm, I'm buying into this just by saying I want to enjoy the witch story. Sure. So this is cool. Yeah. Second question is you said that she shared and responded to the name of their neighbor. Yet there was, you told me nothing about them going over to their neighbor and being like, yo, what the fuck? No, no, no. I think um, the neighbor died is the way I. Oh, okay. When I, so, I, okay. So either you said that or I missed it. But I was like, why did anyone walk over? He's like, yo, what's up with this fucking witch that's like your oh, name? Oh, right. Like she's a witch her. and she's like. I was waiting it. for that to become a thing. It's like we never mentioned the neighbor again. Right. So my guess, the way they talked about it, like every time I read about it, it always felt like she was dead. But it was never really specified. And there was not a lot of information about it. Like okay. she died on this day. Granted, maybe I should have like dug a lot deeper. Okay. But it was just something that popped up. I need to read this book is all I got to say the Ingram book because that's like where a lot of the information is well, going already interesting because this is like this is prominent activity compared to most ghost stories when you hear stuff this is with this many people witnessing it this is crazy yeah. I'm excited this is I think it's awesome I I love it so let's go into some other facts this one's actually pretty cool so you're gonna be like oh lord but here we go Andrew Jackson wait yes the seventh president. I was like, <laughs> President Jackson? Right. Okay. There, he went to the property. He nice. was curious. Many accounts say that during his time, during the while he was in the military, him and his a few buddies went to visit the bell. Here's a quote. I'm just going to straight up say this because, mm-hmm. like, I read this already before and it's been talked about, like, I saw some YouTube videos just to, like, check out some stuff and then I, you know, read Wikipedia and... You know, like random sites. And this one seems to pop up quite a bit. It seems to be like just something that people have accepted. So I'm going to read a portion of Wikipedia. Only because it's funny. I felt like I didn't want to change it or like put it into my own words. No, this is a Wikipedia quote. And a lot of it is quotes too. Anyway, so Wikipedia, quote. The bell house was strained of resources from visitors and Jackson brought a wagon load of supplies with his men. Again, this is him in the military. Nearing the, the Bell homestead, the wagon stopped and appeared fastened to its position. Despite considerable efforts by Jackson's men to free it, Jackson exclaimed, By the eternal, boys, it is the witch. I don't know why I said it that way. A meta- <laughs> <laughs> it is the witch. Yeah. All right. A metallic voice was heard in the vegetation. All right, General, let the wagon move on. I will see you again tonight. The horse began to move again. Instead of camping out, the party decided to stay at the bell house that evening. Among the Jackson party was a witch layer, quote, quote unquote, who boasted of his supernatural exploits. So it took me a second to figure out. I was kind of sitting there. What the fuck is a witch layer? He lays witches like he lays with he them. Sex with them. Yeah, because I think the wording. Once I read the rest, I'm like, I, re- I reread it. And I'm like, who boasted of his supernatural exploits? All the I witches he, love me. All the witches. All love the me. witches love me. Yeah, I think he was just being a jerk. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you heard of the Belch? Oh yeah, I have. I banged her. I banged her. Oh man, this guy. So back to the quote, or 
Wikipedia. He's such a Todd. <laughs> Tiring of the bravado, Jackson whispered, by the Eternals, I do wish the thing would come. I want to see him run. Ah. <laughs> the entity arrived and taunted the witch lair to shoot her. Whoa. Yeah. The man's gun would not fire. The witch countered, I'll teach you a lesson, and appeared to beat the man and let him out the door by his nose. Mm. Jackson exclaimed, by the eternal boys, I never saw so much fun in my life. This beats fighting the British. End quote. The witch told Jackson she would uncover another rascal the night, the next night. That morning, Jackson's men chose to leave for home as they were apprehensive as to who was next. So they all saw this ghost too. Saw? I don't think they ever saw the apparition. Like, I don't think they actually saw the witch or like whatever it was. But they saw him somehow being let out by his nose in some way. Right. Unless he was putting on a show, which why would he do that? Like, he's he, he's too cocky. Like, I don't think he wants to look inferior. And oh, but they also heard her say, I'll teach you a lesson mm. and all that stuff. So, yeah. Damn. And Andrew Jackson was loving it. He's all about that. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do you see that? Ghosts and stuff. I'm going to be president. <laughs> True story. Anyway, I'm just going to be president real quick. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so. Something I got to do. Yeah. I, BRB. I have... Okay, so we've been going on for quite a some time. I... I think I'm gonna save the other stuff for the next episode. Are you sure? Yeah, it's kind of cool, but like we have a lot of stuff, and I know you have a story going on. I have a story. Yeah, and I'm pretty excited about that. Let's see. Let me just double check if there's something I want to real quick say because I have like two pages of other stuff, but I don't okay. want to. I'm excited for yeah. it. Yeah, and then but see, I'm worried that like if I don't say it now, then the next episode is gonna be even longer. This is such an exciting story. I'm like pretty giddy about it, but. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I'm going to end it there with Andrew Jackson. Alrighty. So this is the perfect time to take an intermission and get some drinks. Refresh our drinks. So everyone, take a minute. Go get yourself a drink. And we'll see you. In a little bit. In a little bit. Welcome back, guys. And we have had our drinks. I hope you have, too. Or something that's cool. A snack. <laughs> Get a snack. Sometimes we need snacks. Uh, yeah, so Chase, you're next. Well, for those of you who might have been sad from last episode, this episode I do have an end of episode encounter, counter, 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 counter. Yes. This is a little different from the others, but I think it is equally as interesting. And so this all started because I was watching a video of an alleged UFO encounter that happened in Hawaii like just a couple days ago. Ooh, whoa, a, a couple of days ago. Like the second. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So um, the number of UFO sightings that occur in Hawaii is ridiculous. <laughs> what? They might actually have the highest number of sightings per state in the u.s wow okay they see and it's always in the sky it's always lights and everything all the time a lot of times scientists can explain them away sometimes they can't but they're all over the place in hawaii i don't interesting you you could probably digest this into a lot of stuff but i'm not here to actually talk about that ufo encounter because just kidding So, the one from a few days ago was shockingly comical. I heard the 911 tape, and the t- the chick who called in, 
she's like cussing. She might have been drunk. It was um, me. So, <laughs> so uh, she was saying things like, quote, and I was like, oh, shit. It looks like a fucking UFO. End quote. Not joking. She totally sounded like that. She seemed fun and all, but... And like I you s- want to party with her, but you don't want to take her seriously. Yeah, and okay. I'm not going to talk about this video because I watched the video. It's it's not very long. It's very blurry. It's very shaky. It sure. did look like a blue weird thing, but could have been a million things. It's not worth divulging. But while I was looking at that, it allowed me to go deeper into Hawaii UFOs. But then, after I went through the Wikipedia tunnel, it led me to one of those interesting things about Hawaii. Okay. And it's something that no one talks about, and that's that the number of observatories and telescopes that are actually located in Hawaii. Yes. There are so many there. I did actually know that. Woo! I know something. So there's a lot all over the world and a lot concentrated places, but Hawaii has a lot. And so there's a lot of factors as to why so many observatories and telescopes are there. Uh, many of them um, many of them are actually specifically on the summit of Haleakala, if I'm pronouncing oh. it correctly, cool. which is about one third above the Earth's troposphere, which helps with viewing conditions. Oh, nice. But there's so many factors, uh, and I don't want to waste everyone's time, but they include things like weather, humidity, prevailing winds, light pollution, everything that make it just the perfect place to put observatories. So that means not only are you seeing a bunch of UFOs from just the regular folk down there, but you actually have scientific instruments yeah. monitoring the sky there, which I think is interesting <laughs> how those both kind of kind of mix up well they kind of like yeah like interesting that they see so many things and then also there's like so many official people observing i guess exactly yeah so that's that's kind of a roundabout way to get me to the story i want to talk about (laughs) and that has to do with something that they observed in 2017 Ooh, okay i want to talk about the oomuamua how is it oomuamua oh oomuamua Oh, mua, mua. Oh, mua, mua. Yeah. Wow, that's not easy for me to say for some reason. Interesting. Okay, go. So this isn't like a UFO conspiracy theory thing. This is this is a scientific that we're going to be talking about. It's all we're going into right now. So now we've all heard of, if, if, if you've heard of them, you may have even seen some of these meteors, asteroids, comets, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, people know what they are. These are objects that are made of rock, ice, other elements that exist in our solar system. They're kind of like going around the sun, just like planets and everything like that. Sure. Um, But many of them have kind of weird, bizarre orbits that work differently than planets. Mm -hmm. For example, you have uh, Halley's Comet or Halley's Comet, uh, which has an orbital period of 75 years. It takes 75 years to go around. But then you also have like Hale-Bopp, which got an even more bizarre orbit because Hale-Bopp takes... A little over a millennia, no, two millennia, to go around. I mean, there's some pretty crazy stuff. But all these objects, you know, we're talking about meteors, comets, asteroids, and everything. All the ones that we witnessed, they're from our solar system. They they are here. Mm -hmm. They're moving around the sun. What's going about? On the 19th of October, 2017, something different happened. Yes. Robert Warrick, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly... How do you spell it? W-E-R-Y-K. Warwick, I think. Maybe it's work, but it could be Warwick. Warwick, yeah. While at the uh, Haleakala, Haleakala, sorry, I'm so bad at pronouncing. While he was at the Haleakala Observatory in Hawaii, detected an object 
that was from outside the solar system. <gasps> yes. In fact, this is currently on scientific record the first time we've ever detected an object in our solar system that was from outside of the solar system. So well, you, know, you, can argue, you mean like it moved outside? It you mean started like, outside the solar system and then, oh, and then was moved into. In. Oh, I so, see. so I mean, you could argue on a long enough time scale, everything, if, if we go back to like Big Bang and everything was kind of from everywhere, but you know, uh, Halley's Comet, Hale-Bopp, all these things, they're, they're permanently in our solar system right, right now. Right, yeah. But they detected something that was not. It was formally designated as uh, 1I slash 2017U1, but is known colloquially as Oumuamua, or Oumuamua, which means scout in Hawaiian, like the first to go, the Cute. first to check it out. <laughs> yeah. So... This is just really exciting to me because all of a sudden you're like, okay, we actually have something. Why is it here? How did it get into our solar system? This is bizarre. <laughs> Why are you here? But it's a lot more bizarre than that. It's not just like some random asteroid or anything like that. Right. Almost everything about Oumuamua is bizarre. One important point of note is that the object is very elongated. It is a very uncommon Whoa. thing for asteroids and comets to be elongated, like very long, like cigar shaped. Ooh. Oh, so like, you know how a lot of them have ice or whatever on it? The comets have ice. Meteors and oh, asteroids I I like, in general, though. Something might have like built kind of within that trajectory. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I have no idea what I'm talking about. We're, we're going into okay. a little bit about this. <laughs> I have theories that I have no basis on. Though all asteroids, meteors, comets and everything do yeah. have weird shapes. They're not like perfect circles like we like to think. They're kind of no. bizarre. Maybe they look like a lima bean or something like that. We, um, lima bean. They often resemble a more compact shape. They do have limited amounts of gravity themselves and, and whatnot. Um, they're not quite spherical, but they are still super unlikely to be these weird elongated shapes. That isn't to say that there aren't elongated shapes in space, but it's really uncommon. But this one was like pretty extreme and like... This one's extreme. Right. Okay. I, that's what I figured what you meant. One estimate was that its size was 230 meters long, mm. but only 35 meters tall and wide. This Whoa. is very, very elongated. It's like a pole. Like, like a, a pencil. Like... <laughs> yeah, I guess or, so. Or kind of like a really long cigar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the exact size couldn't really be determined due to difficulties in observing it and light refraction and everything like that. Some of the predictions suggested it was actually very flat. It was a very flat object and it wasn't even round like a scar. It might have been flat. Oh, okay, long. like a disc or something? We're yeah. going to get back to that later because that's actually leading into the important I hope we part. get back to that really cool chick who, like, called 911. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking UFO. Whoa. <laughs> Astronomers used numerous facts about its motion to infer that it was likely from outside the solar system. It also came from far north of the ecliptic plane. So for any of you who don't know, so the ecliptic is kind of like most things in the solar system orbit around the sun along kind of a flat plane. It's like if you have a lazy Susan in the middle of a table and you have a bunch of stuff on it, all those would be the planets. They're all kind of on a, a, a plane. Well, this foreign object came from like imagine something just <laughs> dropped from your ceiling onto the lazy suit it's like that came from it's like a spider who just like decided to join join the crowd it's coming from it's it's obviously coming from out of the solar system it's not being affected by the sun's gravity over time in the same way all the objects had been in our solar system yeah so as it's coming straight down almost straight down north towards the sun it passes very close to the sun 
and then all of a sudden it changes Ooh. directory because right, directory, because direction because of the gravity. gravity and then it launches off in kind of a 60 degree angle going back up out Bam. well so so the object was coming from essentially the direction of vega in the constellation of Lyra. Hey, isn't that your favorite? I love Vega, but yeah. that's because I really liked Contact. And I Contact's know. about that. Yeah. So it's coming from the direction of Vega in the constellation of Lyra, roughly. You know, there's, it's not an exact thing. If it did indeed come from Vega, though, it would take about 600,000 years to make that travel. So oh, let's okay. say it was coming from Vega. Let's say it literally came from Vega. It would take 600,000 years to get here. Not quite a million years, but quite a lot. Right. And that's at the speed that we predict that we were able to tell it was going. This can't be guaranteed though. It's all just, you know, math and science facts. But <laughs> Things that we can't quite explain yeah. to you right now, but that's but, what's happening. But full disclaimer, there's so much depth and complexity to these calculations that yeah. it would not only be boring for me to keep discussing them, I'm pretty sure half of it would go over my head. Like I could say <laughs> it, but some of the stuff I'm gonna be regurgitating just because I read it, not because I would actually totally understand over my head um so i'm gonna just list the interesting facts that were derived from people qualified to actually discuss this and not just us oh good one suggestion considered its origin that it had been circulating the milky way way more than once and it was actually from a different part of the galaxy Mm. so that's pretty exciting because the milky way galaxy is huge you know at this point the only things we're seeing from other parts of the galaxy is light and that's very old so that's pretty exciting. Um, and that it wasn't actually from Vega, and we just, it was kind of like as the galaxy's rotating, it just appeared to be coming from this this area. Uh, other theories even suggest that it could be remnants of a, of a destroyed planet from outside the solar system. I think it's just Vega sending an attack. <laughs> Vega's it's a like, missile. Vega's just hooking us up with a uh, cigar. It's like, hey, I heard you have humans. A giant cigar? Yeah, it's like, I heard you have humans. Congrats. I was thinking more of like a time capsule, like supplies. They're like, hey, you might need these eventually. One thing I do find particularly interesting about its analysis is that it does appear to be pretty smooth. It was described as being. How were they? I mean, I guess like based on like what's yeah, so they weren't uh, like bouncing to, off of it, like see the. You would be able to see from the imagery had at least a lot more surface detail, not a shit ton, not like super high resolution thing, but I need to see this. It looks from from what we've been able to see relatively smooth. You can't be perfect, but you know most asteroids we see are so obviously rigid, rugged, mm-hmm. having these things. This seemed pretty smooth from what they've seen. I have a theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's also red. Ah, what the <laughs> It's a deep red, which, to be fair, a lot of objects in our solar system, in the Kuiper yes. Belt, do have a reddish quality but as well. But, like, smooth red? <laughs> well, as far as we can tell, I don't think so smooth red. <laughs> All right. But I haven't gotten to the most interesting part. This is where the, all this story that everyone's had to drink through to get to. <laughs> we're getting to the most important part. Let's do it. And this is why it's on Encounters. Counters. So the weirdest part is that something unexpected happened when it passed through our solar system. Hold on. Did it break? No. Oh, did it flash? No. Did it change color? Nope. Did it say hi? Nope. Okay, I don't know. It accelerated. <laughs> I don't know why that's worse than anything I said. Now, we have witnessed things like this happen before with comets. 
This has to do with uh, a lot of the ice and whatnot is melting and you have what's called like outgassing and the the gases expand and, and kind of work as a repellent as it passes by the sun. As it gets close to the sun, all this stuff starts to melt. And it tends to leave a trail and a glow called yeah. a coma around a comet. The problem is there was no coma around <gasps> this and no trail. There was no blurriness in the imagery or anything like that. All of that shows that there's some sort of gas expansion and trail leading There was nothing here. So are you telling me that this thing saw Earth and like a bad neighborhood, got the fuck out of there. <laughs> it's like, oh no, humans. It was like, out. oh, I don't want to be around this these parts anymore. So, and beyond just that, analysis of the object, its shape and its rotation suggests that if it was experiencing the kind of off-gassing we've seen in comments, it actually would have likely resulted in the object breaking apart because of how mm. small it was compared to a lot of comments. Hmm. So why did it speed up? Do we know? We don't. And Ooh. that's the thing that I have to say. Experts don't know. There are theories, but there's no actual explanation for this as well. So my girl who was drinking, I don't know. She wasn't wrong. Something <laughs> crazy was in this guy. Good for her. But there is one theory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to hear it. That I really like. Is it crazy? Yes. It is crazy. Well, can I tell you my theory first? Absolutely. Because it's, I don't know if it's crazy, but it's just like in my head. Okay. Hear me out. If this is really encounters and it's really an alien, I'm just going to go ahead and say that it's like a runaway ship. Hmm. And it accelerated because it detected human life on Earth and it was like, it might have been a threat and it got the hell out of there. All right. All right. Anyway, I just thought of this because it's like obviously the first time I've heard this story. Totally. And I've had... 11% beer. <laughs> <laughs> a so this is where we are right now. <laughs> All right. So let's go to this theory because it's not going to be outside of your realm of interest. Ooh. Enter Avi Loeb. Let's get his credentials out of the way. He is the chair of Harvard's Department of Astronomy. Ooh. He's director of the Institute for Theory and Computation and a founding director of the Black Hole Initiative and the chair on the National Academy Board of Physics and Astronomy. This cool. guy has qualifications. This isn't a tinfoil hat scenario. This guy's educated. He's not spouting random crap. He he's might not, He's not me. He so might that's, still that's be a good step up. He might still be crazy, but he's <laughs> but he's got street cred. But he's educatedly he's, yeah, crazy. He's, he's got street cred in the yeah. incredibly competitive form of street fighting astronomy. Cool. He's there. Yeah. You don't want to go up against this guy like yeah. So now that we got this guy who's apparently not just a random guy who got abducted while he was out hunting Farming. ducks. Oh, okay, sure. Right. <laughs> he wrote a theory that suggested the object was accelerated by the light from the sun. Similar to theories about solar sails that we have been trying to build successfully and unsuccessfully in recent years. Mm. He suggested this object may have been designed to use solar radiation to propel it through space. Designed being a key word here. He thinks it may not have been an asteroid, comet, meteor, or any type of rock. Yes. He said, quote, What would happen if a <laughs> caveman saw a cell phone? He's seen rocks all his life, and he would have thought, it's just a shiny rock. I know where this is going. End quote. His theory pulls into the suggestion that the object was indeed very flat. 
to the point of being only a few millimeters thick, but very long mm. and very wide. I'm so excited. This could suggest that it is some form of alien probe or alien object. He thinks this is the first plausible explanation for the fact that the object accelerated away from the sun at a statistically significant amount. Yeah. So does he explicitly say it's an alien probe? No. No, he really doesn't. No, of course he... Well, I don't think he, like, should in yeah. general. Because he doesn't... Like, if he's a real scientist, he's not going to do it without, like, more information. Exactly. It's just like a theory. It's just like one of those things, like... He's pretty good about not jumping the gun. He's pretty good about not hitting the <laughs> I think, like, if you're going to sh- shift that way as, like, a prolific scientist, yeah. I think you're just going to be a little more careful about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but he's also thinking about this stuff. So he's not just going to be like, oh, they're totally here to bring back Elvis or something. I mean, they should, though, if they have him. <laughs> but he does suggest it could be a number of things, including, and this one I think is interesting, space junk. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Well, not well, that's necessarily. What you, said, but, kind of, you said kind of a runaway ship. But well, this like is a little yeah, different. like like something that just wasn't function or like whatever. So he suggests it could have been a remnant from a ship or an alien device, yes. just aimlessly flying through the galaxy, and in this case, catching some solar waves. <laughs> I, I said that. He never said that. But oh, I'm, just, I'm like, imagining he's like a surfer. He's like, oh, damn man. It, I mean, the waves are so bitching here. <laughs> yeah, that was totally me to say that. I really need the scientist to say it, though, because it's just that would be amazing. So I watched this guy's interview. And you know what? He's very personal. He seems pleasant. He didn't come off like a crazy person. And he does seem to think of it with a sense of awe and excitement. But there are plenty of skeptics in the scientific community that have not been too happy about his theory, even from the observatory where this was first seen. Particularly with someone so prominent and well-educated, his theory can be quite upsetting. So much to the point where some other people have outright said that this is crazy and not can't be true without being able to provide evidence to suggest that's not the case. Well, it's interesting because I think, like, for us, it's cool. And I say just, like, these... We don't, I mean, like, we know basic stuff. I know you definitely are an enthusiast of astronomy. And I think, like, that's, like, cool and everything. But this is a guy within within his realm of knowledge and what he's trying to suggest. I think it's, like, approached in the most, like, scientific way totally. possible. But, like, obviously without a whole lot of evidence, except, except for, like, the things that people can't, I'm guessing, cannot explain. However... I guess this is exactly where you enter and say, Mm -hmm. there is another theory and there is an actual explanation. Take it away from me, Chase. But I I don't. I'm loving. I don't. First, let me go back. So I don't have anything to say. Um, Some scientists have suggested that the object may have had just enough frozen material on it, on its surface to act similar to a comet, but it had not, there was just enough to propel it but not enough to actually show a visibly detectable trail on earth so i don't think it was a comet then or like they they think it functioned like a comet's how it accelerated meaning it had just the right amount of shit on it to accelerate it but not enough for us to easily detect it from earth so it went under the radar possible yes it's probably the rational answer i get it but I'm still constantly thinking back to the fact this is an intra, out of solar system object, meaning it's bizarre. It's right. weird. We're not used to this. But here's the thing: like, I guess you know, like if it made its round around the sun and everything of that sort, I fe- I feel like it would have melted enough. But I guess, like, if you mean like if it was when it's only 37 meters wide, like by one was, prediction, that's a little weird. To like me. if it was 
bigger. Maybe, and then yeah. it like because because remember the other theory said that if it was doing serious offcasting, it would have broken apart because of its size. Yeah. So I, I get what they're saying. They're trying to come up with other explanations, which I appreciate. I think this is smart. It's a good thing to do. But then, but, if it was that big, I personally I think like especially like how you described the uh, like when it propelled itself after mm-hmm. breaking off and like the energy and stuff like that. However. Where's the other pieces? Would that have just like melted off, or are they thinking it came off from like a like a big enough piece where the speed was significant enough? That's what I'm trying to say. Well, and another thing is they noticed it was reddish, and comets tend to not be red. Right, right. I didn't even think asteroids of that. Asteroids and meteors tend to be red. Like they said, Kuiper Belt objects tend to be red, but those tend to be uh, very mineral rock heavy yeah. element stuff. Whereas most of the comets we've seen tend to, at least the ones I was talking about, like, at least like uh, yeah, I know of, yeah. Yeah, I, I could be wrong. This is totally something I shouldn't just be talking out of my butt, but I'm pretty sure most comets aren't red. Well, let's talk about science as we drink our beers. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, obviously we are not as educated, but like, that is interesting. That's something that I did know. And if I knew it, you as an enthusiast would know it. I don't know. Very, in, very strange. Well, Loeb believes that the problem is that many scientists hold on to old prejudices that make Mm. believing or discussing aliens taboo. Mm. So he thinks that some scientists are just so caught up in the old school idea that you can't even acknowledge aliens because it's such a far out there idea that he thinks that they might be limiting themselves. Okay. So does Loeb really believe it could have been aliens, uh, an alien construct propelling through space similar to a solar sail? Maybe. Yes. But... There's another factor which makes it so human that bothers me. Uh, This is the chase moment that makes me think there's more to this story. This theory he has is contained in his book, Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth. Ah. When he broke this story and theory to the world, it was right before this book was about to be released. So perhaps he was just trying to stir up interest to get some sales on his book. But here's the thing. I get what you're saying. However, he is still talking about what he's, he said. It's not like he like released a book and said, let me tell you about the million alien encounters that we've had throughout human history. He's specifically describing this phenomenon, like whatever this happened. part, but the book isn't about this. It's I thought you said one, it was. Like you said the no, first. No, there's a section talked about in his book, but it's about extraterrestrials. Oh, I see. Well, okay, here we go. Maybe. It just feels like there's a possibility it was just he's pushing it harder than normal as a publicity stunt to sell his book. To be fair, if, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you wanted to tell someone something, timing is everything. Of course. And so it's not like he didn't think this before. No, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he's like all of a sudden decided to write a book and then was like, hey. But maybe he's pushing his idea harder than he might normally in a conversation with another professional. Yeah. He might be he might be pushing it. But yeah. But I think that so let me just I always have a chase moment at the end, so I'm just gonna say this. <laughs> what likely was this object? To once bring it back to contact when we talked about oh, Vega, yeah. one thing I also learned from the movie Contact was Occam's razor. Mm-hmm. Which was the simplest solution usually is the right one. And if we're being honest here, what's most likely that an interstellar object as bizarre as it was 
moved through our solar system and there's a few things we don't understand but for the most part was probably just another piece of mineral or debris moving through our solar system and there's just a few things we don't know because it doesn't match our predictions just because we've been reserving space as act as it is now for such a short period of time is it likely that whatever accelerated it was just something we don't know maybe it was functioning like a comet nothing major it was it's the simplest solution and it is probably the right solution that it was just a rock Mm. and where the rock came from we don't know it probably was from out of the system but we don't know its exact origins is that likely occam's razor would say yes cool that said (laughs) there's something incredibly exciting to me about this idea about an ancient piece of space junk that may have belonged to a previous civilization that just somehow this like broken piece of windshield hanging out in the solar (laughs) system captures some solar radiation and accelerates and we are just advanced enough that we catch it but we don't know what we saw. We can't understand Kind of like it. he said, a bunch of monkeys seeing a cell phone and not knowing what it is and thinking it's a shiny rock. It's our monolith. There's something about that that just excites me, inspires me, thinks of all the science fiction stories that could be written about it. And it makes me think of the universe with a sense of wonder and an exciting way. Not that aliens are abducting people or anything crazy like this. That what if a piece of space junk flew through our, our neighborhood? That would be and incredible. We saw it. So is it an alien spaceship? Probably not. But this is one of the times where I'd like to think it was because it makes the story a lot cooler. Let me rephrase that. Was it a piece of spaceship? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to end it there. So that is my end of episode encounter, encounter, encounter. Or possibly end of episode rock. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah. Could be a rock. Could be an alien. You know, whatever. No in-betweens, though. I mean, let's be honest. The coolest part of the story was that it's called the Oumuamua. Oumuamua. See, on a previous episode, I had my tropical terrors. This one was totally an end of encounter with tropical terror type names. Before we end it, I just want to go back to my girl <laughs> who did the call. Who did the call? Oh, yeah. The chick. So well, I'll show you the video. I, she sounds She sounds. Let me see. possibly drunk. Possibly or just excited. I'd be I think excited. She, I think she might have just been excited. It was late at night. I'm betting she was drunk. Because her and like her boyfriend or whatnot chased this blue thing like on the road until they had to stop. And then they to saw it going fair, to the ocean. You know what? Either way, I commend them. Because like it was an interesting object in the sky. And they're one of the few people who saw this amazing thing. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It wasn't predicted. It's not something that is Absolutely. common. It came from... Who the fuck knows? Still hasn't been explained. There's no known satellites at the time and or anything like those that. those motherfuckers saw it. And I'm so happy about that because I just like that they saw it. I don't know. I feel like someone personally saw it and they told us about it. Granted, in a 911. Wait, you said 911, right? Like She, she called 911 okay, okay. and she was like, we need to get some cops out here. And I was thinking, it's like, okay, what, that are, was a little weird. what are cops going to do about a blue light in the sky? At Cop, least, cops going to show he's like, I don't know you what know, to do. Maybe record it at least. I don't know. Like someone. someone uh, she helped. already had the blurry, shaky camera. Oh, she good. Was, we were set. I'm shocked she didn't have a Polaroid. If you look hard enough, you can see Nessie <laughs> in the blue shape. It could have just been Nessie's like Hold up. Nessie's Nessie car. Nessie's only, going for a joyride at night. Nessie bitch only appears in Polaroids. Okay, get it right. <laughs> or like very low quality so maybe photography. It's, maybe it's like Nessie's nephew who's like a little bit more technologically oriented. He's like he's in space self, now. He's in cell phones only. Ah uh, yes, 
the logical explanation. I'm so glad we finally solved the mystery here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. If we ever invent a brand of Polaroid cameras, we have to call them Nessies. Then, Wouldn't it be great ooh. if our if our film always had like an imprint of Nessie on them, so every picture you took always had Nessie somewhere in the picture. <laughs> You could take a wedding photo with it. There's like Nessie in between the groom and the bride. Super cute. Oh man. Well, I mean, I is this the end? This is this is the end of our stories, but it doesn't have to be the end of drinking if you don't want it to be. And I believe in you guys. If you believe. <laughs> Do you believe in drinking? Da, 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 da. I don't actually know the song. Which one is it? Oh, do you believe in magic? I think that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. There it is. Oh, my brain was on autopilot when I was singing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even go with the original. Yeah, I've noise. already lost you. Yeah. So it's time to da, end the episode. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's time to end the episode. And I think, yeah, like I mentioned before, there's going to be an episode two of The Bell Witch. Part two. There Bell was, Witch. like I said, more material to provide. However, I thought maybe I would reserve that. Because now that I think about it, I just like, it's more current and like aftermath stuff i had gone so long with the other information i thought it was a cool story so anyway no it's great i can't wait to hear the end of it now next episode might have your part two there's no part two to my story unless that object decides to come back because it's like wait what okay then we would all know so i think my story is done for at least the time being we got another six hundred thousand years for returns and says yeah so we found some life and they they really like rock and roll music and (laughs) fast food and all if that stuff. If we still do in that time frame, then I'll be impressed. Oh, yeah, we're all going to kill ourselves off with our nugs. <laughs> <laughs> Nuggets! Uh, yeah, so... Part I, two next episode. Part two, ne- part two next episode. Thank you for listening this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I hope to see you next time. With that said, if you want to hear us on any other platform that we have not described or have been streaming yet let us know we're still kind of fresh and new like i said it's only episode 11 we're still figuring things out trying to make things better uh and, I also, oh, and this episode had a suggestion so if you guys right, have a did. suggestion yeah uh, tell them tell them where to find it or it, ta- get in contact with us yes h-o-t-w podcast at gmail.com go there we, we let got, us know we got proof it works it, it does <laughs> well sean texted me because we're friends but like it's the same thing. <laughs> it's a form of communication between you and I. You should have just lied. So everyone's like, I'll use that email We're so official. Someone someone random. Nope. It's to our be friend. honest, a lot of you actually have our number so you can text us too. Just let, me, let a girl know, okay? If you want me to say something, I'm just super happy to like research something new that I probably never delved into deeply. And I think that's the most exciting part about it. I might have known. And I did. I did know about the Bell Witch once I started reading. I read, didn't. When I, when I started reading about it and then I was like, wow, I didn't know about this and that. And like, oh my gosh, it's just super exciting. And and please guys, like whoever's out there, let us know. And just you guys wait because a suggestion from one of our other listeners, Vivi, what, what, uh, <laughs> one of our plans is when the pandemic's uh, a lot safer out there and we can go do stuff, we're going to try going to some haunted locations like haunted hotels <laughs> and recording the episode there. While yes. we're dealing with it, and I have a few ideas. It was uh, we we'd already been talking about, it, but gonna, she she was really pushing that, and I think she's right. That's going to be some exciting I think future episodes. She's very right, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure that out. I think we might have to like buy specific equipment in order for us to travel. Because if yeah. you see what the the amount of cables that we have, and like our microphones are pretty good, like for sure. 
I just don't think we can hold them. Like, that's not what it's for. Yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, we have to figure that out. So we're excited about stuff to come. Hopefully as the year becomes more freeing to us uh, with our abilities Yay. to record and do some cool stuff. Yes, indeed. So this brings us to the end. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. And we hope you continue drinking and we hope to see you next week for another thrilling episode of Hair of the Werewolf. Yes. And if you are listening to this hungover, just remember that the best cure for a hangover is fear. Bye. See ya.